This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Well, physically, this was the worst thing that could happen to us uh, playing overtime. Mentally uh, um, and psychologically, this was the best thing to, to, to start with a trophy because there was no way to delay the game or play it in four weeks. This was the moment where, where we needed to start and, and that's why we choose this lineup. We didn't want to break our heads and, and share minutes. Uh, we had these uh, all these discussions and all these thoughts. Do we share minutes? Do we continue preparation phase uh, and, and use this match to be ready for Saturday? And then we decided, no, uh, we use this match to win it and, and nothing else. So we went with the team who played already against Arsenal and played already against Tottenham to be in the best shape possible. Are we 100% uh, of our capacity? No, absolutely. But we are ready to play football matches on a, on a certain level. This is On the Ball on BFM 89.9. Thomas Ducal speaking after Chelsea beat Villarreal 6 5 in a penalty shootout on Wednesday to lift the UEFA Super Cup. Hello there. We are back for a brand new season. Hoorah! Thanks so much for joining us. As usual, podcast of every show available on the BFM website after half past nine every evening. Now, if you want to get in touch, follow us on Facebook. It's uh, BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. Let me introduce the guys then. Bob Holmes is here as usual. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. Good to be back. And I think we can safely say it's the best league in the world. Bob looks refreshed. From a summer of cricket, I might add. <laughs> uh, Des Corgill also joins us. Hello, Des. So much enthusiasm. What could possibly go wrong on Friday the 13th? I'm going to be bringing a little bit of uh, moral decay, financial devastation and outrageous deviation on normality to the discussion just to cheer you all up. And that is why we have this. In a nutshell, <laughs> Craig Marias also joins us. Hello, Craig. How you doing, Ross? How are you doing, guys? I'm just about getting over the Euros loss um, in the final. Uh, it was, it's been a tough summer, uh, but I did enjoy it. I did enjoy the run, and I'm looking forward to the Premier League now. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we heard Thomas Sukul at the start. Chelsea won Villarreal, won after extra time. Chelsea win 6-5 on penalties after a draining 120 minutes in Belfast. But what a start to his career this, this Thomas Tuchel chap has made at Chelsea, Bob. Uh, Champions League last season and then Super Cup to kick things off. Yeah, doesn't hang about, does he? Uh, I mean, he's he's got a trophy and a hundred million pounds signing before the season has even kicked off. Uh, you know, okay, it's it's a Mickey Mouse affair, but at least they get it out the way quickly. There's no great interruption in the season. Um, it's a trophy that Jose Mourinho probably would crow about, but uh, it. You know, it's not much for Chelsea. Um, they'd rather uh, just get it out of the way and get it done and dusted. But um, I think that Kepper will be pleased. Uh, he was brought on for the penalty shootout, shades of Louis van Gaal, uh, but it was prearranged. Uh, Mendy didn't look too upset to go off and was the first to congratulate Kepper afterwards when he made the save. So it worked. It showed Tuchel as being decisive and uh, once again, correct in his decision. So uh, uh, 
that was good. Uh, Kepa, I think it was important to make him feel belong, uh, belonging to the squad uh, because he'd, he'd had an unhappy experience uh, since signing as the world's most expensive keeper. So uh, I think he's, he's happy now. You need two goalkeepers um, if you're going to go for four competitions. So uh, that, that was a bonus for Chelsea. But the big loss, of course, with, uh, was the injury to uh, Ziyech. Yeah. Uh, which looks like looks like being a serious one. Yeah, clutching his shoulders, he went up. Didn't even last at the first half. Um, right before we get into the season proper, um, Chelsea then serious challenges. We we all agree here. Bob certainly does. Craig, I mean, with Lukaku incoming, uh, they really are favourites for the title, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they're definitely up there. Um, there's no doubt about that. A lot of it depends on whether Kane goes to City, though. Uh, I have to stress that. Um, I think, you know, when you look at the teams around, um, you know, the, the main positions that have been strengthened have been up top for both Chelsea and City. And and, and that's going to be crucial to to leading each team to the final. I think when you look at the, the likes of United, yes, they've, they've got Varane, they've got Sancho, but they're still missing a, a 25 goal a season striker. Um, Liverpool, I, I would say the same thing. Haven't really strengthened much in the summer. Um, and, and for me, it's just going to be a toss-up between City and Chelsea. City, again, I'm going to stress, it really depends on whether they sign Harry Kane or not. OK, brilliant stuff. Chelsea are, are facing Crystal Palace this weekend. We'll talk about them more later on. Now, before we start our previews proper, let us tell you about fantasy football this season. No, I don't know how much Romelu Lukaku is going to cost. Probably quite a lot. 12. 11.5. Is that right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. 12 was a good guess. Um, <laughs> we, we have prizes in this season's fantasy football up for grabs. It's all thanks to our friends at my-soccer.com. Check it out, my-soccer.com. You can buy very nicely prized football tops. Um, get them personalized anyway. We're giving one away, uh, a, a BFM logo, BFM uh, football top made by my soccer.com for our manager of the month every month. And at the end of the season, it will be a top of your choice from their website, my soccer.com. So we'll remind you more about it. Codes to join the league is on our Facebook page, it's also on our Instagram page. So do check it out. Let's get the season underway. Kickoff is tonight. Brentford against Arsenal. Brentford newly promoted, of course. Um, I'm going to come to you, Des, because I know you're going to like what Thomas Frank has been saying. He's, he strongly believes that this Brentford side will be competitive and they will not change the way they play football, i.e. attacking style, the style that got them promoted to the Premier League. Uh, I hope so. Can I just preface any comments I'm making by saying that we've just spoken about Lukaku, 100 million Kane, 120 million Sancho, 75 million White joining Arsenal for 50 million. There was an agreement in 1999 for the Premier League to give 5% of its income to grassroots football. It's never, ever been, been um, followed. So I want to appoint people to Save Grassroots Footy, at Save Grassroots Footy, a Twitter website, just to actually try to shame these people who are just 
taking money out of the game, of sharing it amongst themselves on the back of that Euro Super League where everyone was agog. We've kind of forgotten it all. I haven't. I just want to preface all my comments about the disgrace that I think that uh, um, the ridiculous amount of money uh, in the top light of uh, football and how it should be uh, pushed down to the bottom levels. However, saying that, Brentford, great community club, brand new stadium, Lovely stadium. I do hope that it's uh, absolutely crackling with atmosphere tonight for the visit of Arsenal. And that uh, one of the smaller clubs who've been in the Premier League before, on the top flight of English football before in the 40s, let's hope that they can actually give one of the big boys a bloody nose. That's what I'm after. The little guys giving the big boys bloody noses left, right and centre on the back of passionate home support and doing it in an attractive attacking way. Yeah, um, Moneyball, it's the best way to, to describe Brentford's transfer tactics over the seasons. They, they've sold some great players. Ollie Watkins has gone to Villa for big money. They now have Ivan Tony, of course, uh, in, in their side. Bob, you, you, you're good friends with Ray, Ray Jennings, who's an old friend of the show. He's a big Brentford fan. What's he been saying? Well, he reckons that Tony is actually better than Ollie Watkins. Wow. Now, that's something because Watkins got an England cap. He was called up for the squad, the uh, preliminary squad for the Euros, but didn't quite make the cut. But uh, to go from uh, Little League football, uh, where Brentford picked him up, uh, to uh, full England international is quite some journey. So if Tony is reckoned to be better than him, then he's got a bit of quality. And he scored 33 goals, some going. Uh, and I'm surprised he's not been uh, picked up. It's perhaps because people want to see what he's like in the top flight before investing big money. But Brentford do have quality and uh, they've risen from the fourth tier of the English pyramid. Let's use that word. People will remember that from the Super League scenario. And of course, if the Super League had gone through, it wouldn't have been possible for Brentford to rise from the fourth tier to the first, would it? Which is what the game is all about. So well done, Brentford. I even I can't remember them in the top flight. It's seven, 74 years ago. I'm not telling you how old I am. Well, Brent <laughs> well, Brentford, welcome Arsenal to the Brentford Community Stadium. Now, Arsenal, the guys are all cringing when I mention Arsenal. Now, Mikel Arteta, Craig Marias, is already starting the season under pressure, isn't he? They didn't have the best of seasons. Their, their off-season signings, it's nothing to sing home about. But Jeremy, if you're an Arsenal fan right now, you're not looking forward to the start of the season that much, are you? Um, I disagree. Um, I don't think it's as bad as people are making out to be. Um, I think they still have some quality in that in that team. Um, obviously boosted by the signing of Ben White, who, who's kind of shored up that defence. Uh, but when you look around that team, I mean, we're, we're talking about Bernd Leno. I mean, he's not a bad keeper. Yes, he's gone through a bit of a patchy time, but he's not a bad keeper. Um, I, I love Kieran Tierney at left back. I think he's, he's, he's a real quality player. But what I think Arsenal are lacking, and I don't think their signings are done for the season, by the way. I still think they're going to be very active, especially once uh, they sell Willock to Newcastle, get that money in. Um, I think they're still going to be active in the transfer market. Um, I still think they're lacking a striker, a, a really good striker. I think there's a bit of doubt about Lacazette. 
um, if he's staying or if he's going. Um, but what they really need to do is, is kind of get someone who can score 20 to 25. Now, we know that they're, they're looking at Tammy Abraham. I don't think that deal is going to go ahead. Um, but what I'm getting from this is that they're clearly looking for a striker. Um, and I think once they solve that, you know, when you have your supporting cast like Smith Rowe, Aubameyang, Pepe, um, it comes up to be a decent, decent side. So I think people are ruling them out. And obviously Arteta has, um, you know, come under a lot of, of pressure over the years to get Arsenal back to where they are. Um, I think everything takes time. I think we've seen that with Ole and United. We've seen it with Klopp and Liverpool. Um, but what the board have done is that they backed him and they've given him the funds. Can he secure maybe two to three more signings before the end of August? That's going to be crucial to see how well Arsenal will do. Um, I don't think it's all doom and gloom, uh, as people are making it out to be. For Brentford, uh, I'm just looking at the, the, the teams that they can put out. Brentford have a, a summer signing, Christopher Asia. Um, for Arsenal, they've got some big players missing. Thomas Partey's out, Gabriel's out, Eddie Nketiah is out, all injured. Joe Willock. Uh, on the verge of, or has already joined Newcastle United. Um, Des, do, do you see, do you see um, banana skin here? First game of the season. When was Eddie Nketiah a big player? <laughs> yeah. He gets a few right now, study. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he's a he's a he's a squad player. He's a, he's a good player, of course. Sorry, uh, yes, Mrs. I, Nketiah. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> I, I think early on in the season there is the opportunity for some of these smaller clubs, your your Norwiches and your Brentfords, with the nice compact stadiums and the fans in in the stadiums once again to actually knock um, one or two of the bigger boys off their stride. For all of the experience of your Aubameyangs and your uh, your senior players at, at Arsenal. There hasn't really been crowds uh, for, for the last 18 months, and it does make a difference. I'll make reference to a Scottish game I, I was watching the other day. Dundee United beat Rangers. Rangers unbeaten in 40. Dundee United just promoted very ordinary side. But in front of a crowd of about 9,000, the abuse, the intensity, <laughs> the hostility... At Tanadice, which isn't um, a, a, a cesspit of, of, of a hostility normally, but it was obvious and you could see a physical difference between the Rangers players of last year and the Rangers players of this year. So I can imagine that some of the, these smaller, more compact stadiums will be cauldrons. And so that would be one reason, plus the, uh, the, the newness of it for Brentford, for them maybe being able to knock Arsenal off their stride. Q4-0 Arsenal win. <laughs> <laughs> it is a 3 a.m. kickoff Saturday 3 a.m. That kicks off the brand new season And that also eases us nicely Into our first break of the season And Grealish is in again And this could be seven History made Jack Grealish Scores goals six and seven On the ball on BFM 89.9 United scything through their defence and Marcus Rashford in the right place at the right time to double the lead. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. First show of the season with Bob, Des and Craig. Uh, we spoke about Brentford versus Arsenal. That's an early Saturday morning game. The early evening game on Saturday is Manchester United against Leeds United at Old Trafford. It is an Old Trafford with fans as well. And Man United fans, I know, are, are, are quietly confident 
Bob Holmes, after the signings of, of Jaden Sancho and Rafael Varane. Quality signings, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. And in the right positions, just where they needed them. Who um, <laughs> would have thought? They, uh, <laughs> yeah, ex- excellent, excellent stuff. I think uh, Varane looks, on paper, looks the perfect partner for Maguire. Uh, Maguire, usually you have a rugged, uh, hard-nosed, uh, good header of a ball at the back, and, a, and then a more composed ball-playing partner. That's often it, the way it works with centre-backs. And I think with uh, Varane, they've got that now, United. Varane, I mean, he's a World Cup winner. He's a Champions League winner many times over. And he's a class act. And he was used to playing alongside Sergio Ramos. So I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, Harry Maguire is Sergio Ramos, but he was a, the more physical of the, of the partners. And I think that they could make an excellent pair. Sancho. Well, his stats are outstanding. In the Bundesliga, he, he had the most assists and goals combined of anyone. And the Germans couldn't understand why he, um, he was underused in the Euros. I mean, he was one of the most outstanding players in the Bundesliga. I think he's a great signing for United. He's young, he's ambitious, he's tricky, he can score goals. He's just what they want. But I think they need another guy. I think they need another midfielder. Yeah, I thought Pogba was going to go to PSG, but uh, something happened in midweek um, <laughs> that, uh, that prevented that. I think a free signing. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't think this. Uh, yeah, these they keep getting these free transfers, don't they? Uh, PSG. Uh, I don't know. You know, they got all the money in the world, and they're getting free transfers. Anyway, Pogba is still there, and I think that United are going to suffer. I think. There was, it looked as if there was the opportunity for a clean break to finally get rid of the problem. I mean, brilliant though he is, he only does it in patches, doesn't he? Ever diminishing patches. And I think they would have been better off getting some money for him, half probably what they paid for him, and then getting somebody else in. But they've missed that. And I think that might be the difference, actually. But otherwise, very good. Would you agree with that, Craig? But would you agree United are, are, are still a bit short despite making massive outlays this, this summer transfer window? Yeah, I think I just said it just now. You know, when you look across the city um, at Man City uh, and you see that they're possibly getting Harry Kane, uh, you see Chelsea splashing the cash for Lukaku. Um, and, and it, yeah, uh, you look at United and you've got Cavani, you've got Greenwood, who you know, has played a lot out wide, not really up front as a striker. Um, it is an area where United could have done uh, with a, you know, like a Haaland or a Kane. Um, and I think they're going to miss out on, you know, really challenging for the Premier League title uh, because of that. However, in saying that, um, I do think, you know, Sancho and, and Varane are world-class signings. Um, and I think the Varane one, they needed to make. They really did need a centre-back. The Sancho one, as good as he is, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure it was a position that they really needed to fill. Um, I think they could have gone another season with maybe, um, I mean, they signed um, uh, Ahmad um, not too long ago. Um, and, and he's meant to be uh, one of those young players that is, is bursting through. They could have given him a chance with, with Greenwood there. Remember, you've got Jesse Lingard coming back as well. Uh, so it's a, it's a position where United have got quite a bit of depth in there. So I was a little bit surprised by that. But I can un- also understand, you know, when the opportunity comes to sign uh, world-class players, sometimes you've got to do it. I agree with Bob. I think in the midfield area, probably one signing short. 
Um, there is talk Ander Herrera might come on loan. Uh, what a return that would be. Um, it doesn't look like he, he would get a game out in France. But yeah, I, I, I do think United will fall short. I think they're signing a two away uh, from the Premier League. All right. Well, Man United's opponents, Leeds United, were great fun last season. Leeds have strengthened in the summer by bringing in the Barcelona left-back junior fur pro. They've also made Jack Harrison's transfer permanent. Now, and I hear uh, Marcelo Bielsa has agreed to an extension on his contract. So all good on the Leeds United front. I mean, after that swashbuckling, I guess, first season that they've had back in the top flight, Des Corkill, what kind of season do you think Leeds is going to have here? Um, firstly, I, I thought Messi, um, um, uh, Messi, the United Messi had signed for PSG. No? <laughs> wrong, wrong Messi? Oh, yes. <laughs> Messi Lingard, I see. Messi Lingard. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, no, Le- Leeds haven't really uh, strengthened because um, uh, Firpo is a, is a straight swap for um, Aleski. Uh, Jack Harrison was already there, part of it. Uh, I don't see where they have really added to, to what they had last year, where they took everybody by surprise. Swashbuckling isn't so much what I'd call. I call it a smash, smash your nose. Smash, smash your nose in uh, is how they were doing it because they were going one for one. They were saying, come on, have a go. I'll have a go back. And they were great fun to watch because of that intensity. I think the Premier League will have got wise to that. Um, the, the, the Premier League teams are no mugs. They know how to get around problems. They will have been taken by surprise by Leeds, certainly for the first half of last year. So I can't see Leeds improving on their top 10 position of last year, largely because I think Bamford had such a good season last year. I'm not sure he can replicate it. And I'm not sure they'll create enough chances. So they're not relegation fodder, but I'm not gonna, I don't really see a way in which they're going to improve on what they did last year. So it could be a frustrating uh, year for Leeds fans. A lot of moaning from the Yorkshireites, which is great fun. Um, team news ahead of Man United against Leeds. Uh, Rashford is out, obviously, with his shoulder problem. Jesse Lingard is uh, isolating for coronavirus. Alex Tellis is out with an ankle problem. Dean Henderson is also a doubt. There is a possibility that both Varane and Sancho could be involved in the matchday squad. It is the early kickoff on Saturday evening, 7.30 p.m., then Manchester United versus Leeds United. Uh, the European champions and the European Super Cup holders, Chelsea, kick off their league campaign at Stamford Bridge against <laughs> Crystal Palace. It is a Crystal Palace under new management, Bob Holmes, under the management of a midfield stalwart, no less, in his heyday. <laughs> Patrick Vieira has taken over the reins from Roy Hodgson. Do you think Patrick Vieira is going to be a success? I say that with tongue firmly in cheek. <laughs> well, I haven't seen the odds on the sack race, but I imagine, <laughs> I imagine he's up there among the favourites. Um, I say that uh, with uh, no disrespect. Odds on! <laughs> odds on, yeah. Uh, more because of Palace, perhaps, than, than uh, Vieira himself. Yeah. Um, he's not really cut the mustard as a manager yet. He, he talks a good game. Uh, he uh, looked after the juniors at Man City, then went to New York City. Then he had a go at Nice in uh, Ligue 1. Um, never really uh, uprooted any trees. Um, and, you know, so it, it's a big risk. I hope it's not another Frank de Boer. But, 
he Crystal Palace have, have taken a double risk here. They've got a, a young, inexperienced manager in replacing an, an old guy. Um, stop short of calling him a legend, but he knew how to, to keep a team in the Premier League. Um, but they've also allowed 15 players to run down their contracts um, at the end of last season, and they've lost half of them already. So you're rebuilding, you've got a new manager, young and experienced manager, and a completely new team. So this is, this is double jeopardy, really. And I don't think a, a club uh, it, who is serious about remaining in the top flight should have done this. Uh, not at the same time. I mean, Hodgson would had to go sometime, but to allow those players to, to leave like that, Andros Townsend is, is probably the most notable. Uh, they've still got Zaha. They've still got Easy, who's injured, unfortunately, long-term injury. And they've still got Benteke. But the rest, um, you, you've never heard of them. And they've signed a bunch of youngsters that you've never heard of either. And this is not the way to stay in the top flight. So I do fear the worst. I hope I'm wrong. But yeah. I think mass, massive risk by Crystal Palace here. It's it's a big ask as well. Away at Stamford Bridge, first game. And Chelsea could well, potentially, Des, have Romelu Lukaku lining up for them eight years after he left. I'm a huge fan of Lukaku. I, ever since his Anderlecht days, I just think he has been sensational. Even his time at Man United, where uh, he's, he received a, a lot of stick for, for not being as wonderful as everyone wanted him to be. I just think everywhere he goes, he, he provides power, he provides pace, he provides worries. Um, great signing. It's an obscene amount of money, of course. I'll <laughs> say that, and I will continue to say that. But um, as, as a footballing transfer for Chelsea, great. What does it mean for Timo Werner? What does it mean for the rest? Do they rotate around? Uh, do they offload Werner? Because Werner was meant to be the main man. Um, that is possibly the only issue for Thomas Tuchel, uh, this year to actually keep a squad where it's Manchester City-like in that there's two genuine quality international-style players um, for each position. It's a, it's a, hum a humongously talented squad. And uh, Tuchel, having won the European Cup, um, may well be really, really having a go at Chelsea this year for, for the championship. Um, I think those two are the, the two favourites. But you've got to score the goals. You've got to make sure they're OK. And let's not forget Chelsea were held rather, not easily, but by Villarreal. It was a one-all draw. Yes, they won on penalties, but it was a one-all draw. So they didn't uproot many trees in that um, uh, pre-season trophy-winning um, Super Cup. So let's not go overboard about Chelsea. But on paper, they should be fabulous. The Blues have beaten Crystal Palace in their last seven meetings, the last four at home as well. Chelsea Crystal Palace is Saturday, 10 p.m. kickoff. We're off for another break. Back right after this. Zaze. Oh, it's a brilliant goal. A magnificent free kick. That was sensational. On the ball on BFM 89.9. And in successive seasons, Southampton have been here. Nine. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Bob Holmes, Des Corkill, and Craig Marias joining me. First weekend of the brand new season. If you want to get in touch, follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram. It's BFM Football. 
Of course, join our BFM Fantasy Football League this season. We've got Manager of the Month prizes. We've also got the main prize. Pick a kit of your choice for the main winner at the end of the season. It's all thanks to our friends at my-soccer.com. Codes to join our league on our Facebook page, on our Instagram page. uh, And yeah, that's where you check it out. League is open until 11 p.m. On, on Monday. That's that's as far as we give it. Uh, right, let's get on with it. Everton versus Southampton is Saturday at 10 p.m. Uh, Everton this season is under Rafa Benitez. Nobody knows Rafa Benitez better than Des Corkill. Uh, of course, he managed Liverpool very successfully for many years. As a Liverpool fan, are you all right with him going to the blue half? No problem at all. And I think that's uh, generally... Um, the feeling around uh, Merseyside. Rafa owes Liverpool nothing, Champions League, uh, that remarkable night in Istanbul. And also the, the personal contribution he made to Hillsborough has really given him a place in Liverpool fans' um, hearts. He owes Liverpool nothing. Uh, the only eye-raising element came from um, a minority Evertonians. Uh, there, were, there were some pretty ribald comments when he joined. But they are in a situation where they realise, Evertonians, that they were dumped by Ancelotti, who went to some team in Spain. Um, But they felt, they do genuinely feel let down by Carlo Ancelotti because he said he was there for the long term. And they kind of understand if Real Madrid come calling you go, but they still feel let down because no team is bigger than Everton in their minds. Remember, they won the title three times last year. So um, for Everton, tell you what, I thought Rafa would only go if he was going to be backed financially. And you just look at the signings he's made, Begovic, Demera Gray and Andros Townsend. There's no real money being spent. He's still trying to offload some uh, baggage and in inverted commas from previous times. So if he gets off to a poor start, it could be a problem. He might be relieved that it's Southampton at home that gets him up and running. But uh, he hasn't got a lot of time to prove himself to the Blue Noses. Yeah, Richarlison, probably their star striker for Everton. He probably will not be available just yet after his exertions at the Olympics. Uh, Southampton, arguably, are in a worse state, Bob Holmes. They've sold Danny Ings. Uh, I understand they brought in Adam Armstrong, Armando Boyer. Do you think they can replace the the amount of goals that Ings has been getting? I mean, Che Adams now becomes the senior front man. Uh, No way. No way. (laughs) Ings is a 20-plus goals a season man. Um, Che Adams, <laughs> probably <laughs> less single figures, I think, right, in, in a good year. Um, and they've lost uh, Vestergaard as well yeah. uh, last night going to Leicester. So, you, you know, you're talking about losing some of your best players. Ward Prowse might even go. If he goes, that's arguably their three best players gone and, and really the spine of the team. Uh, big centre-back. Commanding centre-back, Westergaard, Ings, your top scorer, and Ward-Prowse, your midfield dynamo and set-piece specialist. Takes every corner, every free kick. Uh, they'll miss him, but he's, he's not certain to go, but it's, it's strongly rumoured. So they are really a selling club, aren't they, with bells on. I mean, they have been for a long time, as Liverpool will well know, um, 
and uh, they've up to now they've managed to replace the guys they've sold and stay afloat and stay in the in the top top half of the table they were actually top last season briefly remember <laughs> and then it all went wrong Nine. they actually reached the top of the premier league table um didn't last very long though and then they plummeted so uh, the names of the players you you mentioned there they're not in the same class as the departees and even with an excellent manager in Hassenhutl, i think they're going to struggle i think they're relegation candidates i really do so this everton yeah i think a comfortable home win for everton rafa will be very glad of that all right it's a 10 p.m kickoff on saturday everton versus southampton watford against aston villa should be quite interesting watford uh, promoted of course cisco munoz is the man uh, uh, managing watford i don't know for how long don't ask <laughs> but for now, he's got the hot seat. I mean, Craig, how, how do you see this Watford side? You look at the, the team, what, uh, Luaza, Joshua King is there. They've got uh, Saar, who everybody wants to sign. Um, they've still got, of course, uh, the, the front man, the captain, who, who scores all the goals for them, Troy Deeney. He's, what, one of three strikes of, of 50 goals in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I... I... Don't foresee a good season for Watford, if I'm being perfectly <laughs> honest. Uh, I think Cisco's done a good job. He's come in. Uh, he came in, I think, midway through the season, uh, did well, stabilised them um, and, and got them promoted. But he's a very defensive-minded coach. And if you listen to his press conferences, um, he said he's here for the clean sheets, basically. Um, so that doesn't bode well uh, for Watford or Watford fans that are looking uh, to, to be entertained at Vicarage Road. Um, and I just, you know, I looked at some of the signings. They brought in a lot of players, but without, without real quality. And, and for me, that's, that's been a bit worrying. I mean, you talk about Troy Deeney. He's, what, 33 now. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to start the season up front with Chucho, who's been at Watford for about three, four years, hasn't played a competitive game for them, um, been out on loan, um, you know, since he signed. Uh, and, and then, you know, you look at the likes in midfield, you've got Chiloba, you've got Cleverly. I mean, yeah, decent players, but are they going to keep you in the Premier League? I'm not so sure. The, the one shining, oh, the two shining lights, I, I'd say that Watford side, are Jao Pedro, who's going to miss the first game through injury, and uh, Ismail Assar, uh, yeah. like you mentioned. You know, I mean, he was a £40 million signing for Watford. I mean, they spent an awful lot of money with him. Um, and I think that was with a view for him getting a move to a bigger club and they're making a bit of profit in it. Uh, but that hasn't really worked out. Um, so it's, I mean, if you ask me to look at Watford, I mean, you, you ask me my predictions for the, for the bottom three, they'd definitely be involved with it. Um, I, I just can't see them doing anything better if we're expecting them to do a Leeds or, or a Sheffield United from a couple of seasons ago. I just can't see it. I really can't. I think that's a team that's doomed to struggle this season. All right. Well, opponents Aston Villa at Vicarage Road this weekend. I know they've got this Jack Grealish size hole in their in their squad at the moment, Des Corkill, but they've spent the money well, haven't they? They brought in Bundea, who tore up the championship with Norwich last season. Danny Ings, of course, from Southampton. Leon Bailey, who's very rated from Bayer Leverkusen. These are very good signings. Three to one with chains to spare. That's um, really good work from Aston Villa 
Remember how close they came to relegation at the end of the, the previous season, just denied by dreadful goal line technology not working? Well, they, they came out of that okay. They had a decent season last year, including that 7-2 over Liverpool, which gave them confidence. They signed well last year. They've signed well this year. They've got Bay as well um, on loan from Man United. Tell you what, these... If you are going to do business and not spend stupid amounts of money just to reinvest the money you get from Jack Grealish, what a way to do it. Ings will score you 20 goals if he can stay fit. Bailey will serve up assists for 10 goals. And Wendy, I'm not, I, he's so creative, he will cause problems. Three for one on an already decent squad to add to Watkins and Ross Barkley and, um, uh, and the other forwards that they've got. Tell you what, this could be a, a really strong year for Aston Villa. They've done really well over the last two years over Dean Smith. John Terry's left. There's, um, there seems to be one or two changes in the backroom staff. That might change things. But uh, if you look pre-season on what's been done on paper, Villa already league champions. Yeah, yeah. John, John Terry leaving surely must be a plus. I, I don't know. Surely. Uh, Watford versus Aston Villa then. Sunday, 10 p.m. kickoff. We're off for a final break. We're back talking about the champions, also about Liverpool and yeah. Spurs. Woo. Next. Mason Mount has scored a speculative hit from a fair way out. But Chelsea now from a fair way out have a view perhaps of something profitable. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Big deep breath. Salah thumps it in as if he means it. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Bob, Des and Craig joining me to look forward to the opening weekend of EPL action. Don't forget to join our fantasy football. All the details, how to join uh, is on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Of course, prizes this season brought to you by my-soccer.com. Right then, Norwich City against Liverpool is Sunday at half past midnight. Um, let's talk about Norwich first. Um, last time they went down, uh, Daniel Farker, they've kept Daniel Farker. He's brought them back up again. They've sold Bundea, who was a big part of, of what they did in the championship last season. But according to Daniel Farker, they, they are stronger this season, Bob Holmes, than they were when they went down. They have added Billy Gilmore on loan from Chelsea in the midfield, as well as signed Josh Sargent from German football. Uh, yes, you mentioned those names, but I don't think they compensate for Buendia. Um, I mean, he's uh, he was absolutely outstanding, and I don't think there's much doubt that he can cut it in the Premier League. I mean, he plays for Argentina. He was the man who made the pass of the last World Cup to Messi, if you remember, uh, when he took it on his thigh and went through to score. Yeah. Um, absolute sensational diagonal ball of about 50 yards. Um, just a sample of what he can do. I think he's a great signing. The only uh, sort of negative about him, he's over 30 already, isn't he? But um, he's got the quality. So if they get a good a couple of years out of him, then he'll be well worth it. So, uh, yeah, um, Norwich, uh, they have a history of playing Liverpool at the start of a season. And Liverpool, uh, they were, uh, they used to beat them quite heavily. Luis Suarez, 
<laughs> I think he's scored about seven goals in three games against Norwich. Um, and there was one memorable occasion when Liverpool came back from behind, high-scoring game, and uh, they, they scored in the last minute, and they were so ecstatic. They all, uh, Klopp came on the field and they broke his glasses. Remember that? <laughs> Always remember that. Um, so there is a history there, but this, this may be a little trickier for Liverpool because um, we don't know what state the, the returning um, wounded are going to be in. I mean, they, they're not likely to be risked if they're not uh, 100% fit. But there's a difference between being fit and match fit. So I don't expect to see the full side. I don't think we're going to see Van Dijk and Gomez. I think we'll see Konate and possibly Matip, who's been playing with in the preseason friendlies quite a bit. So uh, I think they've got a, uh, there's no good looking at the history books and thinking, oh, this is Norwich. We always beat them. Uh, this could be a little trickier, but I think Liverpool are still do it and I think Liverpool are contenders um, this season it's it's ridiculous to write them off because uh, they they do have world-class players coming back I think that Liverpool fans are a little bit concerned about where the goals are going to come from I think a, another striker would have been handy but we hope that Firmino and Mane have had their fallow seasons last year and they'll come back firing this year. But, uh, and they've got Jota as well, of course. So, uh, yeah, I think Liverpool will be thereabouts, but perhaps could have signed another player. I think that's what many fans would have liked to have seen. But this is the owners being ultra cautious in difficult circumstances, i.e. COVID. Craig, do you think Liverpool will challenge this season? Will they be up there? Um, I don't think so. Um, I, I, you know, I, I spoke about it with Man United. I think they're going to fall a little bit short because they've, you know, missed out on a few signings or key positions where I think they really needed to sign. And I think the same with Liverpool, really. Um, I think obviously with Virgil Van Dijk coming back, it's massive. With them, Joe Gomez coming back, massive. Um, but you just feel you look at that team, and you know, Robertson's out of the first match. It's not a big deal because you know I still expect them to be. Um, beat Norwich but in terms of a title challenge you look at that team and say yeah they're just lacking a little bit I'm not saying they're a terrible team I think they'll do better than they did last season especially with, with the returning players but in terms of a title challenge when you, when you look at the squads of, of City when you look at the squads of Chelsea uh, when you look at how Man United have strengthened um, I just feel that Liverpool haven't done enough in, in this transfer market. Bear in mind, though, there is still a bit of time, but Klopp did come out earlier this week and say, that's it for us. Uh, we're not doing anything. It's players that have to go rather than players that have to come in. Yeah, got, got a point there. Des, do, do you reckon FSG have tightened the, the, the cash, the, the, the purse strings a bit? Uh, they haven't tightened the purse strings. They've always had the philosophy as we, we spend what we've got. And Liverpool have got five new signings this year. They've got Canate, they've got Van Dijk, they've got Gomez, they've got Nabi Keita, who hardly played a game 
last year. Um, uh, Jota only played 17 or I think it was 19 games in total. So this is a completely different scenario. Mane has had a, a pre-season. Salah's had a break. Firmino's had a pre-season. I think all those um, problems that Liverpool had last year suggest that they are an 80 points plus team. And 80 points, 80 to 90, is probably going to win you the title uh, this year because it's so competitive. So I think they, they are there. And there may well be another signing to come. Uh, Renato Sanchez is very high uh, on the Liverpool Echo uh, uh, watch list. And I... I watch the Liverpool Echo a lot. They're pretty accurate in what they report. And there's a, a quiet determination about Jurgen Klopp. If he doesn't get Sanchez, that's OK. He's got Curtis Jones coming up. He's thinking of using Alexander-Arnold in the, in the centre of midfield. He's got uh, Thiago coming up. It's, I, yeah, I, I'm not worried as a Liverpool fan at all. They'll be there or thereabouts top three, definitely. Important question. Has, has Jurgen Klopp had laser eye surgery? He has. He's changed his look again. He's got it, it takes those a glasses. while getting used to it, right? It, I, mean, I had to look like three or four times. It's... So the, the teeth and the eyes. The teeth first and then the eyes. What will come next? <laughs> Norwich versus Liverpool is a late Saturday game. So, uh, half past midnight. Sunday, it kicks off that one. Tottenham versus Man City is your big game on Sunday, 11.30pm. Uh, let, let's start with Tottenham first. Bob Holmes, <laughs> Nuno Espirito Santo, not Daniel Levy's first choice for the job. And I don't know it's how about Nuno... about 17th, wasn't he? Yeah, Nuno must know that. Even if he thinks it's like the 9th instead of the 17th. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, how do you think he's going to fare? Well, I think he's a decent manager. He did very well at Wolves. It uh, tailed off a bit last season. But uh, for other reasons... Uh, not entirely down to him. I mean, he lost uh, uh, Raul Jimenez, didn't he, tragically um, early uh, in uh, the first half of the season uh, to be without your main striker, rather uh, took the wind out of their sails. But um, what he did in the preceding season shows, he's a good manager. Uh, you know, I don't think he expected to get the Spurs job. I don't know where he thought he was going quite honestly but when it came up I mean to you're not going to turn down some material but uh, one of the top it's one of the top jobs in football let's let's face it so there he was unemployed and yeah he uh, decided to come it is a big challenge I believe so he's got a rebuilding job I mean uh, Alderweireld has left as well so you're losing your your one of your centers backs and and your main striker uh so there's a there's a lot of work to to do the question is whether the all the cane money will go into transfers i mean they've spent quite a bit already spurs this is uncharacteristic of daniel levy they bought a 40 plus million pound center back uh, romero from italy and uh they're, they're looking at uh, some quite expensive purchases. But the fact remains, they're a billion pounds debt. They're in a Barcelona-type situation. The, the stadium has not been paid off. So whether he uh, can commit all the money, we're assuming it's going to be about 150 million, uh, to players, 
I'm not so sure. I think he's got to send a, a chunk to the bank to pay off this loan. Um, it, a magnificent stadium, because, but it's unfortunately become a bit of a millstone um, thanks to the pandemic. But uh, yeah, he's, he's a steady, steady pair of hands. And I think that's what Daniel Levy wanted. I just hope it satisfies the, the Spurs fans. Tell you what, Spurs did bring in Brian Gill. He often plays on the left. He's quite an exciting little player. But yeah, Harry Kane is apparently available to face City. Has he come back from holiday yet? I, I don't actually know. <laughs> the champions <laughs> have, of course, brought in Des Corkill. Uh, they spent $100 million bringing in Jack Grealish. Um, I don't think they actually needed Grealish, but but there you go. That's just, just me sitting here. I mean... There's talk of Kane as well. If, if Kane and Grealish come in, wow, what, what a window. Might as well give them the title now, yeah? Of course, signing on a free transfer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's, 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 it's obscene. Don't you think it's obscene? Yeah, it's great fun. Uh, but Aston Villa have used the money well. Jack Grealish will, um, if he doesn't win the title at Manchester City... A lot of pressure will be put on Jack Grealish because he is meant to be the man who turns them into the next level. So is it Bernardo Silva who's going to drop out? Or somebody's going to have to drop out because if they field all their attacking talent, they've got eight or nine top-class internationals. So I, I kind of get it. But is he an upgrade, a serious upgrade on what they already had there? It's a change, which is good. It's just a flipping expensive change. Man City are expected to be there or thereabouts. And I don't think Grealish is going to make them that much better. Is he going to win them the European Cup? I'd be surprised if he's the difference. That was actually Harry the Kane question Mike. I was going to throw Harry to Kane Craig Mike. Marias. Is, is the Grealish and, and Kane type signing, is that going to get you the Champions League? Kane definitely will. Um, yeah. I'm with Des on this, you know. I, I, I mean, I don't mind splashing that kind of money on Harry Kane because you know he's going to take you to the next level. I rate Grealish. I think he's a fantastic player, don't get me wrong. But looking at that City squad, you know, where would you play him? You know, you've got Kevin De Bruyne there. You've got Gundogan after a fantastic season. You've got Phil Foden, probably, you know, the most exciting British young talent we've got. Um, you've got Raheem Sterling on the back of, uh, uh, of the fantastic Euros. Uh, where does he play in? Ferran Torres, another cracker player. Riyad Mahrez. You know, I mean, where would you play Jack Grealish? Does he play in the wing? Does he play as an eight? Um, I just, I mean, I get that City won the best players. I understand that. But is he, is he going to take them to the next level like this? I'm not so sure. He's a cracking player, don't get me wrong. But Harry Kane is the guy that they need. Harry Kane is the man uh, to fill in that centre-forward position, left vacant by Sergio Aguero. He is the man that can win the Champions League. Um, like I said, it's, it's one of those. Whether they go out and get Kane in the end, remains to be seen it hasn't been done yet but everything points to the fact that Daniel Levy is holding out for the money and he's holding out till after this first game after this game week goes um, you'll see this Harry Kane uh, transfer saga move on uh, at a rapid pace <laughs> all right there you have it that's your weekend your opening weekend's football all previewed does anyone think there's going to be a shock result this weekend anyone got one no no yeah no, no. Uh, Brentford, Brentford <laughs> over over Arsenal if that is a shock 
Uh, yeah, I actually, I'm, I'm with Des on that one. And I also don't think it's a shock. <laughs> That's wow. it. We're done for the first show of the season. Don't forget to join our fantasy football details on our Facebook and Instagram pages. For now, I say thank you to Bob Holmes. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to Craig Marias. Thank you very much. And thank you, Des Gorkill. Later, your Super League tonight and uh, save grassroots footy. At Save Grassroots Footy. Let's give it a, a like. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you Monday. Bye now. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball next Friday on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.